Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Friends, welcome to the Monica Swanson podcast powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. What I love about this mindset work is it just gives us a tool to help equip our kids for real life, you know, so that they're not just sort of swayed by the stories that come to them unconsciously or that their brain hands them. They actually have uh, a choice in how they, they want to interpret their life in ways that can be far more productive than most of us had access to at their ages. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are doing great. You just heard a short clip from Megan Hyatt Miller, and this was another one of those episodes where I couldn't even choose. There were so many nuggets packed into this shorter conversation uh, that I had to leave a few of them and ask my producer, the editor of this podcast, Jeanette, thank you so much, Jeanette, um, to choose one because there were so many good ones. So I think you're in for a real treat. Uh, hopefully you were able to catch last week's episode. If not, I encourage you to listen to that one. You don't have to listen to it first. You might pause right now if you've got the time and go listen to it, um, or you can catch it later, but it does lay a foundation and it's really good. But if you are just popping in here, last week we talked with Megan Hyatt Miller about her book, Mind Your Mindset, The Science That Shows Success Starts With Your Thinking. And she kind of gave us a little brain science 101 where she explained how our brains work at the most basic level when we're dealing with different situations, something we might be stuck in, and how we can challenge our own thoughts, how we can be an interrogator with our own thoughts, and then how we can rewrite that story based on what is true. So it was really helpful, I think, for all areas of life. And then today, we get back into this topic, but we talk specifically about parenting, how we as parents can mind our mindset, and then how we can teach our kids to do the same. I think this is powerful. I think it can change 
our family's trajectory. Truly, I really, really do. So I love this topic. I love Megan Hyatt Miller, and I love this book. Honestly, I've read a lot of books on these subjects, but like I say, when we chat, I think she and her dad, Michael Hyatt, do an awesome job of just making things really understandable and practical. So we are going to jump into that. But first, I wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for the ratings and reviews for the Monica Swanson podcast. These always encourage me. I read every one. If you've never left one, just so you know, it's really easy. You just go right on your phone to where you listen to podcasts, scroll down. You're going to see those five stars. You can tap on them, and then you can take a second to write a few words about what you love most about this podcast. But I thought I would read a recent one that really encouraged me, and this was from emotionally healthy legacy. I love that they let her leave an actual name. Emotionally healthy legacy. She gave five stars and she titled it such a great podcast. She says in this parenting world as a Christian mama, this podcast is so helpful for us who want to raise good kids and have a good relationship with them. Thank you, Monica, for all your wisdom and knowledge that you are sharing and for amazing guests on your show. And this is from Elizabeth from Emotionally Healthy Legacy. Elizabeth, thank you so much. That is a huge encouragement and just appreciate you taking the time to do that. So guys, again, um, these reviews and ratings not only encourage me, but they're also kind of how this podcast gets put in front of more people. I don't understand the algorithm, but it's really helpful. So if you enjoy listening, it's a way that you can say thank you. All right. You can also take a screenshot of the podcast you're listening to now and share it to your social media stories. If you do, please tag me on Instagram. I'm at Monica Swanson underscore. I love to see those and reshare them and say thank you. Okay, friends. We've got a great conversation ahead, so uh, I will leave a few notes over in show notes, but this is one you're going to want to pay attention to. I think it's going to be really practical, and you'll be able to apply some of the things we talk about literally today or tomorrow if you're listening late at night. Okay, friends, so without further ado, here is Megan Hyatt Miller and I talking about minding our mindset as parents and teaching our kids to do the same. I hope you're encouraged. Hey, Megan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Monica. I'm so glad to be with you again. Oh, this is so much fun. And I'm going to just be encouraging everybody to go back and catch part one. Um, but just a, a brief intro. Tell us who you are, where you're coming from. Yeah. So uh, I am the CEO of Full Focus. We're a goal achievement company based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and we really help individuals and teams to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be uh, and using our coaching and tools around productivity uh, and the like. We have the Full Focus Planner, which is a 90-day planner, helps people to uh, connect their annual goals to their daily action and, and go from goal setting to goal achievement. And then we also have a small business owner executive coaching program called Business Accelerator that helps our business owner clients to grow their businesses in such a way um, that also frees up time and margin for their most important priorities outside of work, which is something we call the double win, winning at work and succeeding at life. And then uh, I'm also a mom of five kids, ages 21 <laughs> to three. I've got two kids out of the house and three still at home. Uh, so we have one who's starting pre-K and one who's starting high school wow. next year. So we're just really doing it all. <laughs> wow. Busy woman. I love it. And, um, and we touched a little bit on your kids and their story today. We're going to dive in a little bit more 
more to that. But we're talking about your most recent book, Mind Your Mindset, The Science That Shows Success Starts With Your Thinking. Anybody who's followed me for long knows that I love this stuff. I just could geek out on neuroscience and just like I mentioned in the last episode, how excited I am to see that there's so many biblical themes that line up so well with what we're discovering about the brain, about mindset. And I think that you and your dad, Michael Hyatt, uh, have done a fantastic job of really giving a clear explanation of what's going on in our minds, our thought life. Uh, the book was is written, you know, definitely could help business leaders, uh, encourage professionals. But I'm going to say, if you're a parent, if no matter, this book is for everyone. I just really think it's written in such a way that it can change your life, whatever you do. I know I've got listeners who are business people. I've got, um, you know, listeners that do all different kinds of work. Most people listening, though, do have families, their parents or grandparents or maybe teachers. And so I want to get really practical in this episode and dive in. Um, can you just share a little bit of a review. Uh, you don't have to tell the whole story because I'm going to keep nudging people to go back and listen, but about uh, how you discovered brain science. And then I want you to kind of take it from there and tell us the steps maybe that you took with your kids as you got practical. Yeah. So um, I became interested in brain science because in 2011, my husband Joel and I adopted two boys from Uganda who were three and 14 months old at the time. And as I shared in the last episode, any child who's available for adoption has been through a really unimaginable amount of trauma that, you know, it's not a natural thing to not be able to stay with your biological parents. And I didn't know that at the time. Um, I didn't understand the depth of what that meant in particular for the brain and how the brain really um, makes or breaks us how functional somebody is as they grow up. And so as we brought our boys home and quickly realized we were in way over our head and needed some new paradigms for how to think about their needs and how to help them best, um, we, we began researching neuroscience. And I began reading, 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 talking to people, going to seminars, all of that. And what I, what I realized is that, um, particularly when there are extremely painful situations like trauma, but it's also true at a much lower level that all of us can relate to. It's, it's easy to um, have come to stories about why things are the way they are, how the world works, mm -hmm. how we are, how other people are in very absolute terms that we just consider to be the truth, mm -hmm. um, which are in fact our brain telling us stories, interpretive stories um, to, to make sense of the events of our life. And those interpretations, those stories guide the actions that we take and that seem like the logical next steps to us. And those actions, of course, determine the results that we get. And so what I realized was um, if we were going to be able to effectively help our children heal, and we've gone on to since adopt our third child, uh, who's now three and a half, about to be four years old, um, you know, if we were going to help our, our children to heal, we had to help them tell a better story so that ultimately they could take actions that were constructive and helpful. And we could see them through a different story that instead of uh, as they were when they were little kids with behavior problems, mm. they were kids who had been deeply hurt mm. and they needed um, needed healing parenting strategies to ultimately you know, rediscover their, who they were meant to be and be free. And, and so it's been a long journey, but it's been a very rewarding one for us. So that's, that's really the origin of my interest in uh, neuroscience. So powerful, so powerful. And I think that 
your children were adopted, but other children maybe have just gone through difficult things, um, divorce, some medical diagnosis, even small things. You know, I, I know that sometimes something that may not seem like it was trauma affected our kids' brains in a way when they were young that they just weren't able to process for whatever reason. So I think this is powerful in our parenting in so many ways. I know that you had um, gone to a conference, you've read books. Maybe can you share some of the steps that you started to take with your boys as you learned about how this all works and, and kind of what that looked like? Yeah, well, you know, as desperate parents often are, <laughs> we were open to any and yeah. all resources that we could find. Yeah. Um, many of the things we tried were very ineffective, but some of them were effective. And I think, first of all, as parents, to have a story to replace the one that was the default yes. story um, ab about the behaviors that we mm -hmm. were seeing, you know, so often children communicate through behavior and we didn't know that that was not the kind of parenting that we were raised mm -hmm. with, you know, not that it was bad at all. It was just, that wasn't the, mm -hmm. the perspective that we were coming from. And, um, we kind of came from a model of, of behavior is either obedient or disobedient and it's not just communication. And, and so having that as a paradigm enabled us to take different action and see the behavioral issues that we were, that we were facing, differently, which enabled us to then respond in more effective ways that would ultimately be constructive wow. and lead to deeper healing instead of just compliance. Wow. You know, obviously we all want compliance, but yeah. sometimes, um, you know, you can't get there without the healing first, depending on what you're dealing totally. with. And so that I think was a big lesson in the stories that we tell ourselves, and this goes far beyond trauma and it applies to yeah. all of us, the stories that we tell ourselves are often subjective and informed by our own fears, mm -hmm. our, our own uh, past negative experiences, and they really dictate the solutions that we have access yep. to. So if we need a breakthrough in something, whether it's our parenting or our marriages or our health or our businesses, we need a different story yep. if we want to have access to the kind of actions that will lead to different results. And so um, we also tried and found very effective uh, therapy called neurofeedback, which essentially rewires the brain. Um, and then uh, we uh, most effectively came to work with an attachment therapist who uses a kind of therapy called narrative therapy. And that therapy helps to, as she puts it, get the right feelings and uh, the right explanations or stories on the right people and right events, because oftentimes children, and this is true of children who've been through divorce, trauma, or just normal, like difficult life stuff, they personalize yes. it. It must be something wrong with me why this happened. Yes. And rarely is that the case. And so um, that really launched us on this journey, my husband and I, of of doing a lot of research, but ultimately being interested enough in that to say, okay, what's the broader application in parenting, in life, in business, and how can we pull some lessons out of that that we can share with others so maybe they don't have to wait so long oh to get these breakthroughs. Oh, 100%. I love that. And I want to circle back. You mentioned some of the fears that parents face. And one thing yeah. I know, back when I wrote my previous parenting book, Boy Mom, I was responding in, in a large way to the message that I kept hearing from parents. I had written a blog post, what a teenage boy needs most from his mom. And it went viral. Mm -hmm. This is years ago. And I was like, what in the world? It, it was not like brain science. This was a pretty basic article. But what I heard back through the emails and messages was that so many parents had bought into a message that 
when your kids become teenagers, it's all going down the drain. They're going to turn away from you. They're going to turn to their peers. They're going to rebel. They're going to start sexting and vaping and all the things. And I was like, wait, that hasn't been our story. I don't think that has to be your story. Like, can I tell you a a different way it might look? And I think that what I finally concluded, the reason so many people read that post and then read my book is because they wanted a new story. And our culture tells such a scary story about how horrible it's going to be when your kids become teenagers. And so I love that you tapped on that um, word fear, because I do think that so many parents come into things and their kids are still so little and they're already terrified of what's going to happen as they grow up. So right there, there's a narrative, right? We Exactly. And I think that's such a good example, Monica, of something we talk about in Mind Your Mindset that, um, you know, when we experience fear or we have one of these stories that just feels really true to Mm -hmm. us and has kind of a visceral sort of component, sometimes we need somebody else. And that can be a blogger that could be a coach that could be a therapist that could be a pastor a friend a spouse family member but we need somebody else who has a more empowering story to help us imagine mm. something that we maybe can't imagine for ourselves and it's almost like we're mentoring our brain with somebody else's brain and so i think that can be a very powerful strategy it's one of the reasons that i think young parents need older mm. parents in their life to say um, it's going to be okay. You know, like I, my assistant has little bitty toddlers and, you know, she has two under two and I can say to her as a mom of five with two adult children, you know what, that you're in the thick of it. This is some of the hardest days, but I promise it's not Mm going to last forever. They really will sleep through the night and you really will get your sanity back, you know, and there are many wonderful days ahead and it really will go fast, you know? And I, I think that that's part of what we can give each other is sometimes to be that person mm-hmm. or to have the courage to reach out and find somebody who has a better story when we don't know how to tell that to ourselves. So good. And I'm thinking for a practical action step for parents listening, if you're thinking right now that maybe you have believed something that's not the best story, maybe take a minute and journal, maybe write down what's yeah. the story, what that thing, because we all have that thing that comes to us when we think of parenting, right? In yeah. any moment, we've always got that one child with that one thing. What have you believed about that? And how might you challenge that? And so real quick, you already did a little neuroscience 101 in the last episode, but will you tell us those three steps again, um, yeah. so that we can now apply this to parenting? Sure. Well, I'll tell you these steps illustrated in a story with one of my kids, because this is how I'm using this um, in real time. And I'm like, yay, another tool in the toolbox. So my son, Jonah is 12 and uh, he is learning to play golf. And I have another son who's a football player and very athletic, kind of found his thing early. Jonah has struggled with that, but now he's found, you know, he wants it to be golf. And so he's been taking for the last six or so months a bunch of clinics in individual discrete skills and then trying to build those on top of Mm -hmm. each other. And it kind of got to the end of that session where now it's time to play a round of golf. He's going to put it all together. And it was even like a little bit of a competition. And so the way that it works is I drop him off and then I sit in the parking lot and read or plan my week or whatever. This is usually Sunday afternoons. And I see him coming back after about uh, a couple hours, you know, and he's walking back to the car and he has that thing, you know, if you're a parent, you know, this hunched shoulders, looking at the sidewalk, kind of shuffling. And I'm like, oh no, this did not go well. And I said, he gets in the car. I said, Hey bud, how did it go? And he goes, terrible. I just, I just played horribly. Can I please quit? I am terrible at golf. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, 
I just, I hit the ball and it just didn't go where I wanted it to go, no matter how hard I tried and all these other kids, they could do it. And I, I just, I couldn't make it go where I wanted Mm -hmm. to go. And I just think I should probably quit. And I, I sat there and I thought to myself, right, this is a moment, this is a real parenting moment here. And, you know, and I said, Jonah, bud, what if you're just learning? What if golf is complicated and you've been learning all these skills and how you put them all together, but this is the first time you've ever done it. And it's, it's hard, but you know, it's going to just take some practice and it's not that you're a bad golfer. It's just that you're learning. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, think with me for a second. Like what, if, if you think to yourself, I'm just learning, what actions do you think you might take? What would you do? And he goes, well, he's like getting a little more upbeat at this point. Mm-hmm. I think I might listen to my coach I might practice at home. I might read some books about golf. And I said, yeah. And then what kind of golfer would you be? And he goes, I think it would turn out to be a pretty good golfer. Mm. And I said, and I said, well, if you think to yourself, God, I'm just terrible. Like the other kids have something that I don't have. I should probably just quit. What do you think you would do? And he said, well, probably would just quit or I wouldn't listen to my teacher at least. And then I'd eventually quit. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that sounds like it makes sense. And what kind of golfer do you think you'd be? And he said, I don't think I'd even be a golfer. I said, well, that would be so sad because you love golf. And he said, yeah. And so that's an illustration of the process that we talk about in Mind Your Mindset, where the first step is to identify the story that you're telling. And uh, that's really, you know, the story he's telling himself is I'm a terrible golfer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and, and by the way, you know, there's what happens. I tried to hit the ball and it didn't go where I wanted it to go. And then there's the story that we put on top of it, which is I'm a terrible golfer. Yes. And that's a big idea as a parent, because we, this is so easy to see in our kids because it's just sort of almost a caricature, you know, where they go to that extreme version, catastrophizing, especially at this age, you know, like so quickly. And so, but they're really two distinct things that I hit the ball and it didn't go where I wanted it to go. Anybody could see that. Mm -hmm. And then that means I'm a terrible golfer, which is our brain's way of trying to make sense of what happened, particularly something we don't Mm -hmm. like. And, uh, it's very helpful when you can objectify that those are two separate things. So that's step one, identify the story. Step two is interrogate the story. And that's where I'm saying to him, trying to pull apart the fact and the story. Well, is that absolutely true? Like would somebody else maybe have a different interpretation? Cause I'm your mom mm-hmm. and I actually don't play golf, but I know golf is complicated. And it seems to me like you're probably just learning and you haven't, this is literally the first time you've ever done this, you know? And so what that interrogate the story step does is help to open our brain to say there might be another interpretation. Yes. Maybe this is not objective reality. Maybe this is just a subjective, subjective interpretation of an objective set of facts. And then eventually you go to step three, which is to imagine a better story, which is I'm just learning and, uh, and being a person who's learning is going to help me to become a good golfer. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately leads to very different results, which, you know, in his case is very binary. It was either quitting or staying engaged and trying, you know, and I think that's true for us as parents, but it's so easy to see in kids. That is so good. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. I just want to pause here real quick to make sure you know about this episode's sponsor, which is artsavox.com. Now, if you've been around for a while, you have heard me talk about these guys. I love my quarterly subscription boxes and I love to share my unboxing over in Instagram reels as well. But Artsa is a quarterly subscription box that follows in the footsteps of Jesus, delivering the best artisanal food, crafts, and content from across the Holy Land straight to your doorstep. 
every box comes from a different region of the Holy Land, and they are so full of wonderful goodies. And what's cool is that every box supports small local Israeli businesses and charities, and Artsa gives us a discount. So if you want 25% off a box, you can use the code BOYMOM25. Now that's my code I've had for a while, BOYMOM25 for 25% off your first Artsa box. You guys have to go over to show notes to check it out. I've got some photos over there. And again, artsabox.com. Have a look. These make a great gift. So if you're thinking about Mother's Day and you have someone in your life that loves the Holy Land, maybe they visited or dream of visiting, this is such a great gift. So artsabox.com, check show notes, use BOYMOM25 for your discount. And now we'll get back to the show. such a great story i have a 12 year old golfer too (laughs) oh yeah we've had you could probably give me some tips we have had a lot of conversations but that was you handled it so well i love that oh thank you and think that changed his the trajectory potentially of his life in some ways and i i think that if anyone listening has kids in sports this stuff is huge uh, my Mm -hmm. my 19 year old who's a professional surfer we have had so i i like to think I'm a psychologist. Like I, I'm pretty good at doing the sports psychology with them, but like, (laughs) thank you. I, it's, I, like I said, I love this stuff, but you know, he's lost a heat early on in a contest and been so down. And I love to go in there and just say, what, what might this story be? Like, you don't know, this might be one step in a story that has such a good ending. Don't think that because there's one defeat, that is the story. So I love that we get to choose um, the narrator and to interrogate whatever it is that we are thinking. Um, So super, super practical. And I I think too, uh, with academics, kids who are pursuing you know, any other hobby or passion. I know um, one of my sons, I also have a Jonah. That's not the 12 year old though, but my 21 year old is Jonah. And I tell the story in Raising Amazing about uh, Jonah was, uh, test taking was not easy for him. He, you know, growing up, he just those standardized tests, we homeschool, but I still did them every year. And, you know, he did okay, but it wasn't like he was scoring, you know, super high. But when it came time to want to go to college and he needed to get the SAT scores, I think that there was this story in his mind that I'm just not good at these tests, but I love that he was so determined to overcome that, that he did what it takes. He got the study guides. He did the practice tests. He went a little bit crazy, but I'm so proud of him because he did what it takes to get the higher score. And that changed his story. And so I just love that this really does apply to our kids, um, you know, across the board, anything. So maybe you can give us some tips for the mom listening who has a child who's kind of feeling stuck or down on themselves or, you know, the mom knows that they have potential, but the kid's not seeing it. Have you learned any tools? How can we approach these kids in such a way that's going to break through to them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is such a common experience as a parent Mm -hmm. um, where you do have your kids really discouraged Mm -hmm. about some kind of setback. And so much of what we're trying to teach our kids is how do you exercise resilience and how do you develop that muscle so that as you encounter setbacks, I mean, we can't protect our kids against failure and setbacks, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just part of life. And if they're actually going to try to do anything Mm -hmm. important in their life, they're going to have those moments. So it's really about, do they have some tools that they can use when it happens? 
And in my experience, this methodology, this three-step process um, is so helpful. And my children also have learning disabilities, pretty significant learning disabilities. Uh, my middle boys both are dyslexic and had a great difficulty learning to read uh, and have ongoing challenges uh, in school because of that. They've overcome a ton, but, uh, you know, that that's a real challenge to deal with. And part of you know, what has been important to me is to, on the one hand, have empathy for that and to help them understand that, yes, these are real challenges. These are observable facts. And on the other hand, there are so many great examples of people who were not neurotypical, who actually not in spite of the fact that their brain worked differently, because their brain worked differently, they were able to achieve extraordinary things which all of a sudden goes from this is a disability to this is maybe an ability in certain places. And that's really just a a summarized version of those three steps of identify the story you're telling yourself, interrogate the story, and then imagine a better story. And what I've done with my kids is literally get a big piece of paper out on the kitchen island Mm -hmm. and have them tell me, okay, what are the facts? You know, this person said something mean to me today at school And, you know, what are you telling yourself? What's your brain telling you about this? And write that down and then do kind of like a a fork in the road kind of thing where you say, okay, what actions are you going to take if you believe that story? And and for them to go, oh, well, I don't want that. You know, I probably would stop talking to people at school. I'd stop responding to people texting me and trying to be my friend. You know, basically, I'd end up lonely, you know, as a consequence of that or ostracized. Um, versus like, okay, well, what if you thought of, of another story? What would that look like? And just go through that process of those three steps. But I think there's something with kids, and this is something I really learned from the therapist that I mentioned that we've been working with for many years. He does a lot on those big giant post-it notepads and putting it up on uh, those big sticky yeah. notes rather than kind of doing it in your head. And I think kids need that concrete representation. So rather than talking them through it, although that's better than nothing, if you can draw it it. on a piece of paper and help them to draw those cause and effect relationships between my thinking is going to drive the actions that I take. And my actions have a logical conclusion in terms of results that either is something I like or something I don't like. And gosh, if we can give our kids that gift at a young age, just wow. Wow. You know? Oh, that's huge. I love that. And I love the idea of getting practical and getting it down on paper. Yeah. That really sticks for kids. And and then teaching them Mm -hmm. perhaps to journal that down and and challenge their own thoughts. They can, you know, spend time doing devotions and praying over the things that they're struggling with. Maybe things they don't want to talk to mom and dad about, but they're like trying to figure out. Yeah. And I I love, um, I've talked a lot about growth mindset in the past, but here in your Mm -hmm. book, you talk about the limited mindset and the possibility mindset. And that's such a cool way yeah. of looking at it. And I think we can, you know, if you've, if you got the book, you can go through this with your kids and talk to them about the differences between their limited mindset and a possibility mindset. Okay. Well, uh, I think this stuff is so applicable to all the things we do in life, especially to parenting. I just think this could really be a game changer for our kids. Do you have any final words or ways that you would encourage parents to apply this? And then I'm just going to send everybody out to find your book. Yeah. Thank you. Well, first of all, I think this is something I need to hear on a regular basis. And if you're a parent, you probably need to hear this. You have more influence 
on your kids than you realize. And sometimes they don't want to hear it from us. Uh, I'm obviously in the thick of parenting teenagers right now. And so that certainly is true sometimes, you know, what I have found with my kids though, and I think this is really encouraging. I've certainly done this with my own parents as I've become a parent is they come back around and they'll say, like Jonah said to me one day, you know, mom, thanks for that talk earlier. That really helped me, even though in the moment he was resistant to it. And so I think we're planting seeds that we're not always going to see come, you know, to fruition in the moment, but we're in in an effort to be faithful. Um, ultimately, God will bring those to fruition later on. And so I think our, our part is just those moments of investment. And I what I love about this mindset work is it just gives us a tool to help equip our kids for real life, you know, so that they're not just sort of swayed by mm-hmm. the stories that come to them unconsciously or that their brain hands them. They actually have uh, a choice mm-hmm. in how they, they want to interpret their life in ways that can be far more productive than most of us had access to at their ages. So wow. hopefully that's helpful. Oh, that's so helpful. And and I think it goes without saying, but I'll just mention here I think what we model to our kids is enormous as well. Absolutely. So when we're walking yeah. this out, living it out, and even talking around the dinner table about some area that you yep. realize that for me, I've said recently that I've never considered myself great at home organizing or all the household stuff. And I've had Crystal Payne on the podcast and we've talked about yep. being a time-saving mom, a money-saving mom. I'm like, this is stuff I've always kind of told myself. I'm just not good at that. But what? Yeah, why right? not? I could be good at that. What if I had a new story? Sure. And so I talk like that in yes. front of my kids. I say, I'm going to challenge that. And, you know, yes. so it's kind of fun. Powerful. Yeah, I think modeling is huge. So love all of this so much. And just thank you for taking time to be with us for two episodes. Um, I've been encouraged. I'm sure everyone else has been as well. And just love how practical it is. Uh, tell people what they can find. And and so you've got some really generous gifts to offer the listeners. So tell everyone about that. Well, we we do have some great um, gifts that are available. I had my team create um, a little collection just for your audience. And if they go to Mind Your Mindset book, dot com slash Monica. After you purchase the book, you know, wherever you want to get your books, Amazon or your local bookseller or whatever, take your receipt to mindyourmindsetbook.com slash Monica. And we've got there totally free a course that'll walk you through the content of the book with some great exercises for application. If you have older kids, you could have the kids do this with you, which would be really cool. Um, there's also a self-coacher tool that's a printable PDF that will walk you through those three steps. This is something you can use with your kids. You can use yourself with your spouse. Um, and then there's a download of the audiobook. So you don't need to buy the audiobook. You can just download that file there. Um, but those are some great resources. You know, part of how we think about this is we want to help people go deeper into the content and really experience a transformation. That's the why for us behind why we wrote this book and published it. So I think we've got some great resources there for you. So again, that's mindyourmindset.com slash mindyourmindsetbook.com slash Monica. So we'll link to all that in show notes. Megan, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, Monica, for having me. This has been such a joy. God bless. Aloha. 
right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope you get a chance to apply this stuff right away. I'd always love to hear from you if you do have some good stories to tell or if you just want to be in touch, whatever. Feel free to email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. Definitely check show notes for links and everything we talked about. And those are at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. All right, check out Megan's free gifts for all of you. That was such a generous offer. Um, Just appreciate you being here, you guys. We've got so many more great episodes coming up this spring and summer. So stick around, tell your friends about the podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Bye.